Hello, friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. This week, we are taking a brief break in our Walk This Way series based on the book of James. However, if you need to catch up on that series, you will find the previous messages on our app available on iOS and Android devices, our website at ccgf.org sermons, and also now on our YouTube channel. Today, to help us celebrate Father's Day, we are joined by Tom Lemon. Tom is a member of our Christchurch family and also serves as the general manager of Word FM. Here he is with today's message. Thank you for listening. Well, good morning. Wow, it's good to be here on a Sunday. There's no better place I'd rather be than in church on a Sunday. And um, I am grateful. You know, this week my kids asked me, Dad, what do you want uh, for Father's Day? So I started out simple. Ferrari. Porsche, you know, and anything like that would do. And, uh, and then I got the, seriously, Dad, what do you want? And I shared with them, I have the gift of all gifts, and Christ Church gave it to me. I get to come speak on behalf of my Heavenly Father. And I want to tell you this morning, there is no better feeling than to know that your relationship is good with your Heavenly Father. On earth, our relationships can get sideways pretty quick, very easy, just from the instrument of words. But I'm grateful through that same instrument of words, God has given us this handbook of life. And I want to tell you, I've been a dad for 20-some years, 23 years, actually. There's no prize for that. But that's okay. Biggest prize is to watch your kids grow up and begin to apply some of the knowledge that you've imparted. And there's one thing I found about being a father is sometimes our kids exemplify things in us that we don't want to recognize that are there. Amen? Yeah. But here in this text, we have something quite the opposite. We begin to see that a son in his faith is very vibrant, but the father in his faith is not very apparent. When we look at the life of Saul and we look at the life of Jonathan, it gives us some refreshing today, some things that I I hope that you walk away from this message and you're encouraged. That's really my goal. There's two things that I want to point out in Saul's life that I think are in every life of every believer that we struggle with and that we battle with. Paul said it over and over in the New Testament that we're at war with our flesh. And there are two things that really bubble up, I think, especially in a man. And because it's Father's Day, I'm going to focus there a little more primarily than than everyone abroad. But I want you to know, if you're here this morning, the Word of God is applicable to any man, woman, boy, and girl. I believe that. And so this morning, as we venture into our text, and we see in verse 1 that Jonathan is ready to take on the enemy. In fact, he says to his armor bearer, let's go over here to this outpost and let's just see what God's going to do. And I want to encourage you this morning that as we ready our hearts for the word of God, that you would open your heart and your mind just to see what the Lord might do. Would you bow your head with me this morning? Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask that you would move in our lives, that you would open up your word and open up our hearts 
That we might see you clearly today. That we might leave here knowing that all is right between you and us. And I pray this in the strong, mighty name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen. Well, as I look at the life of Saul, and I see in verse 2 that Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree in Migron. And, uh, and by the way, I love picking the hardest words when you're a guest pastor. You know, I thought Jared, Pastor Jared was going to have to say that, so I picked the most comp- No, just kidding. But I also picked up a high tub and a high job because I knew there might be some expecting parents, and those are cool names, a high job and a high tub. And uh, so, you know, just food for thought. But as we see Saul, Saul is on the outskirts, and he's by a pomegranate tree. In other words, you can just put the picture in your mind. He is complicated. He is frustrated. He is not quite sure what to do. I can tell you as a father, there have been moments when it's been complicated. I've been frustrated, and I didn't know what to do. I remember the first time that my, my first son, and I had to change the diaper. Guys, I did. I went in and did the unthinkable. I changed the diaper. And then I remember my mother-in-law saying, you did it all wrong. It was on purpose. Amen? No, just kidding. Or maybe I'm not. But uh, I remember some complicated things. And as my kids have gotten older, my oldest is 23, things get even a little more complicated. I can relate with Saul. There's two things that I think are apparent in every man's life. And if you go back to chapter 13 of 1 Samuel, so take your paper Bible and turn back a page or your device, turn back one page, and you'll look at just a few verses in 1 Samuel 13 that allow us to see how Saul has gotten here on the outskirts under a pomegranate tree, wondering what in the world is going on. In verse 3, Jonathan attacks the Philistine outpost at uh, Geba, and the Philistines heard about it. And then Saul had the trumpet blown throughout the land and said, let the Hebrews hear. Verse 4, so all Israel heard the news. Here's what they heard. Saul has attacked the Philistine outpost. Is that true? No. No. It's not. But Saul wanted that to be known. Why? There's something that you and I deal with on a daily basis, and it's a thing called pride. Pride can find its way into just about any situation at about any moment. One of the greatest ways that pride infiltrates our life is through projection. Now, I'm not talking about projection as others might feel it. I'm talking about projection in when we project something that's not true. For instance, I went to the doctor the other day and uh, I just had a little bit of a sinus infection and the nurse asked me a question that I don't really like. I, I just don't like this question. How much do you weigh? And I said, in love, none of your business. Amen. <laughs> but no, seriously, I, I shared with her what I weighed on a good day. Right? On a good day. I took the balance of the last seven. I picked the lowest one I could find. It's common core weight. Right? It's what I like. So pride. There's times that we project things that we're not. When we venture back into our text in chapter 14, we see just a verse down in verse 3 that there is a priest there with Saul. And he has an ephod. And he has instruments to help discern the will of God. For the children of Israel. We don't see Saul asking him to do that. 
He has access to everything that he would need to win this battle, but he does not access that because he is dealing with pride. Can I tell you this morning that you might be sitting here dealing with the same thing? There might be a projection in your life. You might have the things of God all around you, but you don't really know God personally as your Savior. And I want to encourage you. You see, I grew up in church. I, when I was born, uh, my dad was a pastor. I was in a car seat on a church bus. I mean, I was just in church all the time. And there's one thing that I've learned. Not everybody that goes to church knows Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Here is Saul the king, but is not pressing in to the Lord. He has everything around him. Listen, in the day and age in which we live, on your phone, you can have multiple versions of the Bible. The question is, do you read it? Do you access the the power that's available to you? It's easy for us to project something that's not really going on in our lives. One of the hardest things for a father is pride. One of the hardest things for a man is pride. If you don't think that's true, let me ask you a question. If you're a man here this morning, do you love directions? Can I get an amen? I see some finger pointing, right? We don't love directions. In fact, the other day I built something, and it was a little bit, uh, I'll use a word that my mom used, cattywampus. Anybody else in the house, cattywampus? My wife asked the beautiful question, did you look at the directions? And I said, what man does that? Amen? And so then I went back and reviewed and saw that I missed two parts. But it's the directions, the directions that God gives us. The second thing we would find in that chapter is that Samuel, who is just this really great, great, great character in the Old Testament, has shared with Saul to wait seven days. Saul is impatient. If there's one thing that we deal with when we're a father, we deal with our patience. And there are times that our patience is tested. And if you want to have a test about your patience, a great place to go is Giant Eagle. Right? Can I get a witness? Giant Eagle. And you have seven items, and yet someone comes right in front of you with 14, and you're in the express 10 items only. Right? That's when our patience is tested. And we want to pray fire down from heaven to consume those other items. Or is that just me? Well, at, at any rate, our patience can be tested. Here, Saul's patience is tested to wait on the Lord. One of the hardest things as a parent is to wait on the Lord, that the Lord will provide the answer that we need. Because you see, these kids are complicated. I remember calling my father when my kids were just starting to grow up, and I said, Dad, wow, I'm glad I was good. He said, newsflash for you. You weren't. I said, how do you figure it out? Here's what my dad said. Take on a verse every day. Apply it to your life, and you'll never go wrong. You might not be an aggressive reader. Let me encourage you to take heed to the the advice my father gave me. Take on a verse a day. Apply it to your life. You'll be surprised what happens. Can I also tell you another great truth? Your timing and God's timing are almost always different. But God is always right on time right on time. God, you should fix this this way. God, you should help my daughter, my son, my wife, my husband. 
my grandfather, my grandmother, this way. God is always right on time. See, Saul went and he he did a burnt sacrifice. He took the role that had never been given him. He did not have patience to wait on God. And his worship was not authentic. You know why? He was only worshiping God to get what he wanted. How do you know that? If you go back and you look at that chapter, chapter 13, you will see, I have, I, 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 I. Not your glory, God. Not what you would have. Not that you would be proclaimed. But for me. Some of the biggest problems that we can face in being a parent is when we forget about God being glorified through these children's lives. You know, I'm trying through each service to just share just a little bit. I'll share this with you of each one of my children. My daughter, when she was born, she was unique and still is. When she was born, it was different than our other children. I remember the nurses huddling around. I didn't quite know what was going on. And so I went over there and began to talk to them and realized quite quickly that my daughter was having a very troubled time of breathing. And it was serious. And I remember through the course of the next 20 minutes being told my daughter had to be life flighted down to West Penn Hospital to a neonatal intensive care unit to be cared for. I remember looking outside and seeing it blizzard-like conditions. And then I remember my wife coming out of surgery. And I said to the doctors that my wife has to be able to hold my daughter before they take her. That is just, I just has to happen. I remember my wife just barely holding my daughter, taking my hand and saying, whatever it takes, make sure she's okay. I remember driving in a blizzard. Seven inches of snow came down between my trip from Jeanette all the way down to West Penn. I'd never been there before. I got lost three times, crying my eyes out, singing as hard as I could, praying as hard as I could. I remember going to the doctor and saying to the doctor, look, I'm a pastor. I've walked people through this valley. Just be honest with me. I just want to know what's going on. The doctor said to me, you have 12 hours, Mr. Lemon. Your daughter will either make it or not in 12 hours. That's heavy. I remember hearing that. I remember sliding into the chapel, and I remember praying this prayer. God, if I only have 12 hours, in some way, help me remember this that I might be able to share with my wife memories of our daughter. But God, I am calling on you, the author of all things, to rescue my daughter. I'm happy to tell you she's 18, full of life, sometimes too much. Can I get an amen? Whew, yeah. Amen. Patience. Patience. There's one thing kids do really well. <laughs> they help us with our patience. There's one, things that we, one of the things we can struggle with as a man is patience. I try to live out that verse in James 1.19 to be swift to hear, slow to speak. I want to be a good listener. Sometimes our children are just trying to get something out. And the thing that we like to do as men, we like to fix things, Right? I mean, one of the gifts I've received lately was WD-40. Uh, uh, uh. I like it. I like to fix things. But sometimes I get ahead of myself trying to fix something instead of letting my child or my wife do what they need to do. Let me encourage you if you're a father here today. Your kids need affirmation. 
One of the reasons why Jonathan does not go to his dad to tell his dad his plans is because his dad has vetoed everything. Listen, if you're a father here this morning, get out of that habit. Get into the habit of maybe the answer is no, but you can affirm your child with a no and not be negative with a no. When Jesus was baptized, our heavenly father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well, what? Pleased. Affirm your kids. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. When I look at chapter 14 and I, and I see uh, Jonathan in his faith, I'm reminded that, that there is power here. You see, even though I deal with pride, even though I deal with my patience or lack thereof, I know that there is power for me that can help me to walk through any of those situations. Listen, no matter what you're going through in your life, I want to encourage you this morning. There is power through Christ. There's power. I encourage you to bend your knee, bend your heart, receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, and watch the power of God begin to transform your life. Saul was staying put. Jonathan said, let's go. Let's go to that other side. Look at verse 4 of our passage, chapter 14. It said, on each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach, the Philistine outpost was a cliff. There was a cliff. This wasn't going to be easy. Can I tell you, when God uses you for his glory, it's never easy. Parenting is not easy, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. The one is called Bozes, or slippery. The other is Sena, or thorny. No, those are kind of nicknames for it. As a father, I've gotten some nicknames from my kids, unbeknownst to me. If my kids were here right now and you ask for my phone number, my oldest son has me down as UTDK. I looked at that one day and I said, no, what in the world is that? He said, you remember when we went to Myrtle Beach? I do remember when we went to Myrtle Beach. And I tried to ask everybody, where do you want to eat? By the time they decided... I don't know if this rings true in your life. We passed it. So I had to do a U-turn. And one time, when patience wasn't my friend, I did a U-turn and accelerated, and we drifted, and we all laughed about it. And from that point on, my son has dubbed me as the U-turn drift king. So I'm U-T-D-K. Now, my other son is 19. He's getting ready to launch into life. I'm pouring out different conversations with him. I'm sharing with him what it means to be a leader and a provider and to be a good father and to be a good leader in your home. And so the other day I saw on his directory, I am UPD. Now, I'm getting, you know, can you just put dad? But UPD. I said, son, what is that? Ultimate provider dad. Isn't that cool? Where do they come up with these things? IDK. You'll get that on the way home. It's really good. It's really funny. Worked on it all week. And like my daughter, like, told me, like, that would be, like, funny. So she's 18. Um, So (laughs) I love my kids. They shape me in ways that I didn't realize they would shape me. Here, Jonathan is giving a great opportunity for others to see God at work in him. I love the verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. If you're here this morning and you would say, hey, I'm more like Saul. I don't quite know what to do. I want to encourage you, that changes today. 
the power of God is able to transform a life. And immediately, immediately, come, he says in verse 6, come, let us go over to the outpost of the uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps, I love that, perhaps. You know what faith is? Believing something enough to act. Perhaps the Lord will work on our behalf. Maybe he will. And here's an armor bearer following after him, a teenager. Got any teenagers in the house? Yeah, just following after God. Can I encourage you as a teenager? You can do anything when God is involved in your life. It's amazing what God will do for you and do with you. You can do anything. He said, let's go over here. Let's, let's take this on. Look at verse 10. Or verse 8, come then, we will cross over toward the men and let them see us. Verse 9, if they say to us, wait there until we come to you, we will, say, uh, we will stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, come to us, we'll climb up because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. I love it. You know how God brings power to your life? When you are willing to be vulnerable. They're climbing up a cliff to go face the enemy. Very vulnerable. If you look at chapter 13, verse, uh, in the last verse, you see that only Saul and Jonathan have a sword. They're outmatched. Their artillery is against them. Everything is against them except for one thing. And Jonathan reminds us of it in verse 6. He says, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from what? saving. Can I tell you this morning, nothing can hinder the Lord from rescuing your family. Nothing. Nothing. What about my past? Doesn't matter. What about my future? Doesn't matter. God can save to the uttermost. That's why he's God. When you only look at your own power, you're limited. But when you look at the resources that God provides and you pour yourself out to him, it is great power. You can live out Micah 6, 8. Now, how do I do that? Where would I even begin? Now, can I just encourage you with my own journey, something God's helped me with every day before my feet hit the ground? Here's what I try to do. I pour myself out to God. I pour out my mistakes. I pour out my victories. I pour out everything. I just pour it out to God. And then I ask God to prepare me for the day. Prepare me for the things that might be an eye trap. Prepare me for conversations that might go the wrong way. Prepare me for times that my character will be tested. And I want to tell you, if you're going to live for God, it's going to be a time of testing in your character. I prepare. I pour myself out so I can receive. I prepare myself with what God has given me. And then here it is. I press into the day. I don't overthink it. You don't see Jonathan overthinking it. He just starts. Maybe you're a dad here today and you say, hey, I, I haven't done anything. Can I just encourage you? Maybe you haven't done anything to lead your, your home spiritually, but can I encourage you with this? Start with just a verse. Start with just a verse. Text it to your kids. And just talk about it. There you go. There's step one. Pour yourself out. Prepare yourself. And press in. And when you press in, you will see some great things that God will do in your life. Not every person that I've ever met 
has had everything down. In fact, no one that I've ever met has been perfect outside of Jesus Christ. But I have met quite a few people that have been willing to be vulnerable to the Lord, to pour themselves out, to prepare themselves with the word of God so they might press into the day and see what God can do. Jonathan and his armor bearer go up and they have quite a great victory they press on past the words of those that say, they say to them, Hebrews are crawling out of the holes and hiding. Men in the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor bearer, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. They pressed on through that. They put their trust in God. And God did incredible work in their life. I love verse 23 of this text in John, uh, or in First uh, Samuel 14, verse 23, it says this. So the Lord rescued Israel that day. Was it Jonathan? No. Hey, if you're a father here, let me tell you who's going to rescue your family. It's not you. It's the Lord working through you that will do it. The best step you can ever make this morning is to turn your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. Whether you're a father, a mother, a grandfather, a grandmother, What a way to direct this family that God's blessed you with by just turning to him. Pour yourself out. Be prepared and press in. You'll never regret it. Can we bow our heads? Lord, I ask that you do your perfect work, the work that I cannot do, the work that no one can do but you. I ask that your word would take root in our hearts and lives. I ask that this message would not stop here, but, Lord, that it would continue on, that it would carry on as we go through each and every day, the moments that we see things just pouring into glasses or or mugs, that we'd be reminded that we should pour ourselves out, that we should be filled with you, and that we should press in to what you have for us. I pray that you bless all, that everyone in this sanctuary puts their hands to, that they might glorify you, And I pray this in the strong, mighty name of Jesus. Amen.